Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm here with my fellow co-host, Harry. How are you doing, Harry? I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks. We're glad you're here to join us, uh, here to watch what we have to talk about today. We, we want to thank those that have recently joined us, the new subscribers and those who have commented on our on our videos recently. We want to thank you guys and welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. And if you are listening to this and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. It doesn't cost you anything and it helps us out a lot. So that'd be great if you could just you know take a minute to click the subscribe button. And if you like the video, like it. If you want to comment on it, because we're going to be talking about uh, some things that we're ranking. And when you rank things, it always causes controversy or difference of opinions, I guess I should say. So definitely let us know what you think of our rankings and what, uh, uh, you know, how you would rank things, I guess. So, but yeah, again, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll get into it. We're going to talk about some more Star Wars. Me and Harry have been on a Star Wars kick lately, and so we're going to get into it a little bit more this time. And we're, we're calling the Star Wars Holy Shiz moments. So um, things that just, when you watched it for the first time, or even you know after 100 times you're watching it, you're just like, this is so awesome. This is Star Wars. This is why I watch these movies or these, these TV shows. So that's what we're going to talk about. So, how hard was it for you, Harry, to come up with this list? Was it easy? Quite a lot of thoughts. So, how'd it go for you? Uh, impossible. It's just <laughs> like, how, how do I narrow it down to 10? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I was like, it's got to be 10 or less. It can't be more because then it's just going to be yeah, drag on. A, a, an endless list. Um, just because that's Star Wars. There's something in every movie, every TV show, um, every animated series. There's something that's like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the magic of Star Wars. And even though it's been written by different people over 40 plus years, um, there's there's a common theme to it that it's, let's blow these people away. Let's show them something they haven't seen before. And, yeah. Yeah, George Lucas started it with episode four in 1977 when, this didn't make my list, but I definitely thought about it. Uh, but it's kind of set the standard when, you know, the opening shot after the the crawler of episode four you got the Star Destroyer coming across the counter at the top of the screen uh, and the Rebel Blockade Runner, you know, they're just dueling it out in a space battle and it, everybody was just like, what is this movie? This is awesome, right? So it kind of set the standard from opening shots, right? Opening scenes. This, you know, Star Wars is is just has a lot of great moments in it and we're going to talk about them. So, yeah, like you said, it wasn't hard to like come up with the the list. It was hard narrowing narrowing down the list. Is what it was. Yeah. So, um, but I I cheated. I came up with thirteen, but because I, <laughs> I couldn't stop. So we're gonna get into it here. Uh, we'll just start off. We have uh, we created our lists, and then we chose a top five. So first off, we're gonna be talking about just kind of honorable mentions, things that were. Up there for us, but didn't make the top five. So, and then we'll kind of just kind of give our thoughts and feelings as to why this is one of those holy shiz moments. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to go ahead and start with one of yours, Harry, that'd be great. Honorable mention. Um, yeah. I'm going to say just in no order whatsoever. Um, when Vader tossed Palpatine into the reactor core, as you're watching it, you know, when I was watching it the first time, I was like, what's going to happen here? The Emperor is killing Luke, and Vader's just kind of standing there watching it happen. I was like, 
is this the end? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this going to be like a movie that ends on a, you know, a tragic, sad moment and we're going to see the evil triumph? Mm-hmm. It's like, what madman is Lucas? Because it happened um, in Empire Strikes Back, right? Right. We were kind of primed for what could happen. And um, just watching it as, you know, as a, as a young kid thinking like, holy smokes, the hero of the movie is going to die. <laughs> and this evil bad guy in his dark armor is just going to stand there and let it happen. And then he, you know, starts looking back and forth. And now, you know, we recognize what's going on. But at the time, I was too young to understand. Mm-hmm. So when he grabbed him and picked him up, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then down he goes. And I was like, that's amazing. Vader's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. He chose the right choice, finally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think seeing it for the first time, it is that way. You're like, how's, he, how's Luke getting get out of this one? Because first of all, he went to the Death Star like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice myself. I'm willing right. to be on this Death Star when the rebels blow it up and I'll, I'll die. So we knew he wasn't afraid to die. So that was there in our minds. Like, you know, how's he going to get out of this one? So yeah, when uh, Vader took that step and stood up for his son, that was, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, I guess it led to everything, all the rest of the movies, right? Because now you want to see more of Anakin. Yeah. Like who was yeah. he before he became Darth Vader? It's like, wait, I need more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, um, in, I would say, and it has to deal with a character that was introduced in Phantom Menace. Well, I'll just say Darth Maul, right? He was introduced in, in Phantom Menace. He died. Like, oh, that was such a good character. Why did, why do you have to die? It'd be great to see him in episode two and three. And then he was brought back in the Clone Wars and you get to see him, you know, he gets rebuilt, gets the legs and. He becomes a force to be reckoned with, and then we kind of don't know what happened to him. But in Solo, a Star Wars story, we see him at the end. He shows up just not necessarily out of the blue because the story is part of the story. So when he showed up, it made sense. But all of a sudden, he was there, and you're like, what the crap? Darth Maul is involved in this black or this Crimson Dawn stuff, and um, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I thought I was just, I gasped because I, I didn't, it wasn't spoiled for me, I guess. So I didn't know it was going to happen. Then just to see it, you know, he's, he stands up, he's there in hologram form and he's, he's talking with Kira and, you know, in, cause in the Clone Wars, we had seen that he kind of uh, becomes one of the major crime Lords, if not the top crime Lord. And then we find out he's still doing his thing with these, these gangsters and, the underworld. So I thought that was pretty amazing to see that him show up and then he ignites his red lightsaber blade. And it's just, it was sweet in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to say that I had not watched the clone wars yet. So I was vaguely aware that he had survived somehow, but didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it. So when he shows up, it was an even bigger, like, <laughs> what like, was it so confusing the, or did it not, not confusing, but it's like, holy smokes, he's around. He's the mastermind behind this. Mm. Like, he's a Sith Lord. Like, he's the mastermind behind the crimes that are going on. But, you know, it's like, kind of blown away. And um, again, it was one of those moments where it's like, we need more. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, of course, I watched the Clone Wars and and get to see him, like, kind of in that rise to that position. But in that moment, I was like, oh, wait. There has to be another movie. <laughs> yeah. Solo can't be alone. There has to be another movie. We have to see more of this. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I hope he did. Because I was like you. Um, he was such an awesome character from the beginning, and I was really bummed when he got killed. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, why isn't this awesome villain coming back for episode two, at least? Yeah. And then there he is. He's been around yep. forever. Yep. Cool. What's next on your list, Terry? Let's see. Um, I'm going to go with Ahsoka turning down Yoda. After she's left the order and then proves that she's innocent, Yoda gives her that offer. Like, you know, you can come back now. And part of me was like, take it, take it, take it. No, like you were born to be a Jedi. You were an awesome Jedi. Um, Take it. But then you also see it, you know, how quickly they turn their back on her with just this minor inkling of suspicion Mm -hmm. and why she's like, nope, I'm going to keep doing my own thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then she's vindicated in that same moment when, um, when, um, geez, brain, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Mace Windu. <laughs> when Mace, it, like immediately, like, it's just like, citizen. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's no like, are He's you sure? You know, that the order needs st- your vision and your strength. Um, it's just immediately like, okay, see ya. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of, it was pretty shocking, like, um, the offer to come back, but immediately vindicated by like in in her choice to walk away and to to never look back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty amazing that she turned down that offer because that's what we wanted. We wanted her to be um, vindicated, like you said, and then rejoin the Jedi, team up with Anakin again, and continue that story. But you know, it didn't happen. The Force willed it. Uh, Force had a different will, right? So, um, it was, and it was a, a gutsy move by the writers and the creators to be like, no, we're going to go this direction instead. And I, I didn't like it at first, you know, I wasn't a fan of it. And it was very, and it was because just my own thoughts, my own desires, what I wanted to have happen. But you know, I think it, I think it worked out. Yeah. And we'll, I guess we'll see come August, like how well it works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, up next for me and my honorable mentions uh, was in Rogue One, I'm doing the Star Wars stories first. <laughs> uh, in Rogue One, when the Death Star blows up or blasts Jetta as uh, the heroes are there and they got to hurry and get on the the U-Wing before the, the planet, at least their section of the planet is destroyed. And just that whole sequence, you're like, first of all, you're like, wow, I can't believe <laughs> they opened fire on Jetta, right? And it, it was just a partial, you know, they weren't full power. So they kind of skimped around the, the, the story canon that way because Alderaan was the first planet to be destroyed. So they couldn't do that to Jetta, but they kind of halfway destroyed it. Uh, but just that whole sequence, you know, it was so tense. I just remember the first time I saw it, I was like, I didn't, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen with Rogue One other than they would be successfully stole the plants. Um, everything else was just fair game. So we didn't know how they were going to escape, if they were going to escape, what would happen if they did escape. You know, just the whole sequence was pretty intense and the, the visuals and how they uh, were able to get out of there was pretty pretty crazy. So that's a, a holy shiz moment for me, honorable mention. What did you think of that whole sequence, Harry? Was it um, intense for you? Oh, very, very. Like, you kind of know that, 
somehow they're going to survive, right? Or at least you think they are because these are the two main characters, right? Like, well, they have to. Mm-hmm. Somehow they got to live. But as, like, the planet's just kind of erupting around them, you're like, I'm not so sure they're going to make it. And I think somebody else is going to continue this story because, geez, like, the visuals, um, the idea that they can kind of dial the Death Star down and just totally spank a whole region of a planet versus destroying the planets. Mm-hmm. It's there's a terror to that they they really do have a super weapon in their hands and they could go you know hit a city hit a continent and Mm -hmm. you know kind of devastate the rest of the planet with that fallout and that ash and and dust in the air um but still leave a lot of people alive trembling at the the might of the empire and it was it was terrifying it was intense um and it was yeah definitely anosha's holy smokes moment yeah yeah, and I think you bring up a good point in that, um, you know, I, I said, well, they had to, they got around the story canon by just partially, you know, using the power to destroy Jeddah or shoot on Jeddah City. But at the same time, that adds a whole new story element. Like, you know, like, hey, we don't have to blow you up, but we can just make life miserable for you by destroying your capital city. And then what are you guys going to do with that? Right. So right. it adds an even deeper dimension to this power or this um what's the word this imperial imperial tyranny of what type of power they they can wield and so it's just because i think the easy way out is to just destroy the planet right boom you're done and that keeps everybody else in line but what if it's a planet like you know has some good resources and you don't want to get rid of right you know you can still control it by say we'll just give you a a dose will give you a quick shot of this Death Star laser beam, and then what are you going to do? So, and you could potentially keep it secret that you've destroyed a whole planet because everybody's dead. Yeah, uh, put a yeah. quarantine in around it, and anybody coming in, you detain them or, or destroy them, and the word doesn't get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like Alderaan had a chance to, to radio for help. Yeah, they were just gone. You saw this big green bolt coming out of the sky, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. On Jeddah, there's a whole bunch of witnesses that half this planet has been just torn to shreds. Mm-hmm. Jeddah City is gone. And there's other people that w- are going to witness, flee, and tell the whole galaxy, like, this is what this thing showed up in the space. It did this. Um, you might want to keep your voice down when you're talking bad about the Empire. Yeah. Um, so there's more, f- to me, there's more fear from, from mm-hmm. doing a partial uh, yeah. single reactor ignition. Yep. What did what was Tarkin's theory or his doctrine? There's a name for it. I can't remember. It's like the, I mean, it was a doctrine of fear or something. But yeah, he's he's good at that. So, and well, you could see the glee, <laughs> like the sheer joy. He had the yeah. weapon that he wanted, yep. and he had the means to put the the fear of the Empire in anybody anywhere. Um, and it was in that moment where he's like, "Yeah, Krennic, you're no longer needed. This is mine." Yeah. Thanks for the new toy. <laughs> yeah. Well, both him and Krennic were like proud of the Death Star, right? Oh, Krennic yeah. even mentions that he even uses that word or that sentiment at least. And um, I kind of wish Krennic had lived and we would have got more power struggle between those two. And like uh, in stories between episodes, well, once Tarkin's gone, you know, who steps up? Krennic. Uh, you know, that would have been pretty cool. Right. To have that. So. Tarkin like banishes him to some faraway place and then 
you know, he, the whole time he's plotting to come back. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Tarkin's gone, he's like, hey, I did this once, I'll do it again. Yeah. That would have been cool. Anyway, what's uh, what's next on the list for you, Harry? Um, I'm going to go, I mean, and this is something that's, that's really nostalgic, I guess, because it's, you know, it has less of an impact now, but, mm-hmm. well, no, yes and no. Um, it's uh, Luke and Leia being revealed as brother and sister. Um, at the time, I don't think I got the full significance of it, but over the years, I realized, like, George Lucas has a much broader view and, and like, plots and plans and ideas mm-hmm. that ties this whole universe together. Um, it's not just a simple movie written out. This is really, it's the Skywalker saga that he's thought about for a long time. And like throwing little things like that in, you're just like, well, what other hidden stuff is there that we don't know yet? Um, how many other people might be related or have these connections? And um, that's one of the great things I've, I've really enjoyed about the TV shows and the animated series is how they're tying everything together. And it's one huge story versus like, oh, this this movie and then it's that movie. And, well, this thing points at that movie, but they're not really connected. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, everything is connected. All the characters, the storylines, the the struggles. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, for me, next up on my list would be uh, the, just the opening battle over Coruscant on episode three. Just with... Obi-Wan and Anakin come flying in on their Jedi starfighters. You kind of hear it in the background. And then all of a sudden they just do a flyby and it comes through the speakers. Like they just blasted by the, the movie, the movie theater. And then you see them do the flyby the, the capital ship and then the waterfall drop. And uh, just that whole thing was just, I was blown away when seeing that in mm-hmm. theaters like this, this is what I've wanted to see for, you know, however long it's been at that point. And it was amazing. Just, the, the detail, I mean, you watch it over and over and over and you start looking at the background and you see this, you see that, and like, oh, I never noticed that before. And it's just all comes together so choreographed perfectly. And you got Anakin and Obi-Wan at their peak, you know, the peak uh, skill level, power, force power, their friendship, their relationship is the best it's ever been and ever going to be. And it's just the way they interact with each other, help each other out, joke with each other. It's it's just awesome. <laughs> it's like this is Pinnacle Star Wars. This is the peak. You know, that's why Episode Three is my favorite Star Wars movie, just because it's the peak of everything. Right? There's no, um, um, like oh, this they didn't get this matte painting right, or you know, the special effects were kind of lame here. Uh, it's just everything. The tech was was there and finally hit full stride and. It was just everything was great, perfect in that in that opening sequence, and that's the kind of battle we wanted to see all along, right? The episode, if they were to redo episode six, or at least the the battle over en- the moon of Endor, that whole battle, it'd probably be at that level, but better. You know, it's just you know part of it was the tech. You know, finally had gotten to the point where they could do awesome things with it. So for me, it's just it was just amazing, and it still is. It's my favorite sequence. Oh, for sure. Um, I remember seeing it the first time. I was blown away. I wanted to rewind it right there and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because like you said, it just it's, it's, it's slow, right? They come in. There's a little bit. You see a little bit. You see a little bit. Then, it, boom, this camera opens up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy smokes. This is like this giant fleet. There's hundreds yeah. of fighters in every direction. Yeah. And it's just this amazing battle. And 
they're at Coruscant. Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like you were saying, the flying, them interacting, they're joking. Um, Anakin's like just a daredevil. And, and it goes back to what Obi-Wan told Luke in episode four. You know, mm-hmm. He was the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Um, and you just see it right there you know he's scraping buzz droids off with the tip of his wing you're just like this is insane they're going like a thousand miles an hour through space two thousand miles an hour and he's just like okay just hold on i'm gonna do this click yeah Um, wild it was insane it was amazing yeah the visuals were awesome the sound design was amazing it was just great all the way around so definitely the holy shiz moment (laughs) yes so What's next on your list? I'm going to go with um, Anakin to Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan TV show. Mm, yeah. Um, you didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the visuals there were incredible. The the light and the dark on, on Anakin's face, the broken helmets, the desperation. Um, uh, we've talked about it before. Obi-Wan is, is like not in touch with the Force, right? He's having a difficult time in this battle. And we see Vader pretty much at his prime, just wailing on him. And the feeling that he could kill him in a second if he really wanted to, but he's kind of toying with him and punishing him because mm-hmm. of his anger. And then it's just that line. It's just like, geez, like there was just this incredible sadness. Um, you know, and you think yeah. back to, to Mustafar, so it's like you were the chosen one mm-hmm. and, and he's come to this. Well, Obi-Wan sets it up really nicely with, you know, I'm sorry, Anakin. I'm sorry for all of it, for everything. And then he delivers that line. You're just like, oh, you start crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just there's some incredible writing right there. Yeah. Like it was really well thought out. And, yeah. and just the the emoting that the two of them did, Hayden mm-hmm. and, and um, Ewan McGregor, like just the acting there was superb. Yeah. Um, and just like, it's still like every time I think about it, it's just like, oh, yeah, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What could have been. So yeah, it's definitely one of those awesome moments for sure. Uh, let's see. And along those lines, one of mine, the next one I would say is Anakin versus Obi-Wan on, on Mustafar, right? Just mm-hmm. that yep. lightsaber duel again, same like the, the space battle over Coruscant. It's the lightsaber battle we've been wanting to see. You know, those two yes. legendary. It's been legendary since the the original trilogy. We kind of got this hint of it, um, kind of this basic storyline of what it was. But here we actually see it and just, it was long too, right? It's I think yes. it's, at least for the time, it was the longest duel ever filmed on, in a movie. And I don't remember anything since then that's been that long. So it probably still is, but uh, just the intensity of it. Again, they're, they were brothers, now they're enemies. Uh, they don't know. Obi-Wan doesn't want to kill Anakin. Anakin does want to kill him, but I don't think he would have. Or it would have been very hard for him to do so if it came down to it, uh, in my opinion. But again, just that whole the whole sequence. It's too bad they, they intercut it with some other stuff. And then, I mean, they did intercut it with Yoda versus Sidious, which was pretty cool as it was, but... You know this this duel. I would like to see a, um, you know, full length just that that whole mm-hmm. sequence. And then right. I know they cut some some scenes out of it here and there for time. But if they could just release that whole 
interaction, the whole duel from beginning to end, that would be probably be like 15, 20 minutes with just sheer awesomeness, but I'd watch it. That would be an incredible Blu-ray, right? All the best lightsaber fights, Mm -hmm. um, recut, re-edited, any missing minutes. Who cares about time? Make them as long as possible. You know, if it's three hours of lightsaber battles, (laughs) awesome. I'd sit and watch it beginning to end. Yeah. It, yeah, was, just, it was incredible. Yeah, just the intensity of it. Like, you're like, what's going to happen? Well, we knew it was going to happen, unfortunately, but, you know, how is it going to happen? What's going to take place? Where are they going to jump to next, right? Because they were started out in the building, and they went in the control room, and then they came outside, and they were on the scaffolding, and they were, the scaffolding fell in the lava, and then they were jumping around the scaffolding, and then they are on the robots in the lava. It's just crazy, right? It's, it's yeah. all over the place. It, it, and like you said about the the other the opening sequence, right? This was the right time. It, mm-hmm. it never could have been done before. Yeah, not like uh, this. Like because it never once felt like you weren't standing over superheat superheated lava, right? You're like at any moment one of them's going to slip off and burn their foot off or <laughs> yeah. fall in lava and die. And you, you know you can feel the heat and mm-hmm. smell the stink of that you know melted rock and uh, just you know seeing them getting sweatier and sweatier and just <laughs> yeah. like jumping around. You're just like, Oh my gosh, this is so intense. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Very cool. Very cool moments. Yep. What's next for you? Um, how about uh, Luke force projecting at Kylo? Okay. Yeah. That was and, unexpected. Um, a, a force power we really had never seen before. Right. He shows up there and I'm like, Whoa, Luke totally is back in the fight. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there and, and just like right in front of this battle line. Right. And like, and they start blasting him like, well, there's no way he survived that. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Um, should have moved. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> should have jumped up and, you know, done his Jedi jump and gotten out of the way or super speed. I'll show us super speed again. Yeah. Um, and, and then he's just standing there and he just does the little, you know, <laughs> brushes yeah. the dust off and makes Kylo lose his mind. Um, and then, you know, when it's revealed that he's not there, he's just like, what on earth did we just watch? Like how powerful is Luke? Mm -hmm. Um, because you get the, you know, the, the idea that they are a long ways apart. Um, that, and he is well across the galaxy and somehow it was so realistic. Like Kylo is fighting him and it's just like, wow. This is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty intense. Like, because Luke wasn't fighting back. He he drew his lightsaber. But there was, I don't think there was like a a contact of the lightsabers or, right? I think he was just dodging, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, because I think if he would have made contact, it would have been obvious. But. Right. It would have destroyed the illusion. But yeah. Kylo believed it up till the end. <laughs> yeah. So... I think it was pretty amazing force ability. Like you said, demonstrated his strength. Uh, however, it's a pretty divisive scene, or at least it is. what happens next is when Luke dies. Right. Um, do you think, what's the, is the criticism fair to you? Um, after having watched it several times and thinking about it a lot, we've talked about it before. I, and this is, is me being the happy fan, I prefer to believe that Luke knew this was going to cost him everything, and this was his way of uh, going out on a bang and preparing to become one with the Force. 
mm-hmm. and he did it all at his choice and he knew that this was the last thing that that he needed to do but that his his path his journey is is over and it is time for him to become one with the force and um, it was a conscious decision more than he was exhausted and just you know he gave it died. up mm-hmm. he gave it up um and and, and that's what i'm going to believe for always unless uh, Mark Hamill says otherwise. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I see why it's divisive, because, but um, to me, it's, it's him making a conscious decision to do this and then saying, well, I'm done. Yeah. I like that explanation. I think, like you, I mean, I'm not all unicorns and rainbows, but I do prefer to look at things in a more positive light, especially with a franchise like Star Wars that I love and have enjoyed for, you know, since the beginning. And it's easier, it's easier on your mind to like things instead of pick it apart and criticize everything. Uh, so I, I like that explanation that he was his choice. He knew it was time to go. And so he did what he could. Um, I guess my only criticism of that is how, like, I didn't want him to die that way. In the sense that um, I wanted him to like, like, oh, that was exhausting. And he kind of collapses and he's fine. And then we see him later. Or he actually does show up. And he does that. And he does the same things that he did. And But he allows, he, do, he goes the Obi-Wan route and allows himself okay. to be sacrificed. So that yeah. the guys can escape. Um, yeah. Uh, I think... I don't know. I'm still coming to terms with it. I think I like the moment, the idea, but the end results I'm still coming to terms with. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does show his power, his strength and the force that he's been able to, to master it. Right. And that's pretty amazing for him to be so powerful that he, no one else has been able to do that as far as we've seen. Right. right? So, and, and after, after this time away from the force, right, he's, he's cut himself off, off from the force on purpose. He's much like Obi-Wan later on, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's staying hidden. He's not using the Force to stay hidden. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's just a massive display of power. Um, it you know, took me back to that first time I saw Luke as a Jedi. And I just thought, you know, like, how cool is this? Luke is a powerful Jedi, really mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, up next for me would be Episode 9 when... Uh, Ray and Sidious are there on Exegol in the throne room or by the throne and Sidious shoots that Sith lightning up into the sky at all those ships. That is just, a, again, an intense uh, yes. demonstration of power and it comes through in the sound design and the visual is, is just like this massive amount of power and it's like, holy crap, holy shiz, right? How yes. how are the rebels going to get out of this one or the resistance or whatever they're That was my them. immediate thought. Yeah. It's like, this is intense. This is massive. (laughs) And it was a huge display of power that I was super impressed with. I was like, wow, if Luke would have got hit with that lightning on the Death Star, (laughs) he would not have survived. (laughs) He would have been obliterated. So, I don't know. It's it's really quick, come to think of it. I mean, it's not like it went on and on like he did with Luke on the Death Star when he was using the lightning there. Um, but it was, you know, pretty, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds and then it was over, but it's a massive amount of power that he demonstrated there. And it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Taken out. He took out the entire rebel fleet or yeah. rebellion fleet, right? Every ship got hit by that and is falling 
falling to the surface and they're in imminent danger of, of all of them dying. Um, they have no control. They're basically look like they're all ionized, right? Yeah. Uh, the ships are powerless and just like, that's exactly what I thought. It's like, how on earth are they going to pull this off? And if he can do that, how can he be beat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say he was at, he was at the pinnacle of his power at that point. He just needed a body to live. <laughs> That's why well, Ray and, was there. I, and I think part of that, I mean, because there's been many discussions about all of him and the clones and all that. I yeah. think he was burning through the clones at a rapid pace. And mm. um, he had so much power that the clones weren't enough. Yeah. Um, and he was theory. just burning through them. And this is like, you know, maybe possibly the last of all of the clones that he had prepared. And hence his desperation mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to move on to a, a, another uh, soul carrier, basically. Um, but, geez, yeah, pinnacle of his power. And so powerful that, that even a clone body can't, can't hold him and, and withstand the, the, the energy. Yeah. I really do hope we get to see more of Exegol, or at least um, the fallout of Exegol. If not, like, I want to know the history, like... Who lives there? You know, what, how long have they been there? Is it like a Sith hideout that's been around for a millennium? Or is it just right. something that he, Darth Sidious, set up after he, for when he died? And then what the fallout was. Because I don't think, you know, there was thousands of those Sith acolytes there. There had to be tens of thousands to build yeah. a fleet like that. Yeah. And I, I've heard some. The crew for the ships and all that. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard something recently that the people. You know, there was a civilization there, and that's how they were able to to build all that and have crews and all that stuff. So, there. I want to know. I hope they address that in the future in some story or movie or animated show because I think there's a lot a lot of potential there. Is that the first time we've heard of that planet? Is it in any of the like really old, like uh, uh, um, pre-Republic era stuff? I don't remember. I can't. The High Republic. Maybe the name. But I don't think as far as like being a Sith planet, I don't think so. I don't, I haven't okay. heard anything. But yeah. So, and there's got to be some survivors, right? And they're going to band together. Maybe sure. that's what, you know, we talked about uh, the new Ray movie set 15 years into the future of Rise of Skywalker. Maybe that's what Ray, that's why she established the Jedi Order to, to kind of counterbalance these Sith acolytes that survived. You know, that'd be a cool story element there, but... Right, because they could find and train someone and try to you know turn them into the next Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they've got the knowledge and power, or at least some. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because Exegol wasn't destroyed, right? It's, it no. was damaged, but it wasn't blown up. No, I mean, there's wreckage all over the planet from dozens mm-hmm. or however many Star Destroyers crashed, but it's it's not destroyed. And the um, rebellion fleet was much depleted, right? It took a lot out of them to to pull this off. Yeah. Um, and most of them weren't fighters, right? It was just everybody that had a gun strapped to a ship showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of them are going to go back to whatever they were doing. This isn't the new uh, the new New Republic fleets, right? These are just yeah. smugglers and and freighters and and whoever showing up in a, a moment of desperation, but they're going to go back to their lives. So, um, who's going to stick around and see that this, this Sith civilization is completely wiped out and well, and then that's kind of going the Sith way too, right? That's an absolute wiping them out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and there's got to be some Sith holocrons laying around, right? That they can yeah build up Full their knowledge, forbidden knowledge. Yeah, yeah, a lot of potential. I hope that we hope we get to see more of that um, era. Any other ones bef- of yours before we get into the top five? Um, let's see. I've been crossing out as we've been going down them, so I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay. Um, for me. I think is the um, I think is the last one. Uh, the Grogu reveal in Mandalorian season one, episode one. Because, well, well, it was it at the end of episode one we saw. Did we actually see Baby Yoda Grogu's face, or did we just see the hand reach out? I think we just saw the hands. I'm trying to remember. Well. Either the end of episode one or the beginning of episode two, <laughs> we saw right. Grogu for the first time, and you're just like, "Holy crap!" Right? Uh, it's a baby Yoda, <laughs> <laughs> and he's 50 years old. Many can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> but that was pretty amazing, right? Set the the, yes. the tone for the rest of the series. Basically, those two working together. So, I think we did see Grogu's face because I think. He opened it up because him and IG-11 were looking at it, right? And his, Mando's like, I can't kill this thing. And, oh, yes, yes. And then IG-11 was they, like, they were. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think we did see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the final shot was him, the, Grogu reaching his hand out. to. Yes. I think that was the final shot. But I think we had seen his face like a yeah. minute before, so... But yeah, I liked it. Uh, I think, you know, Baby Yoda Grogu is the reason my wife's interested in The Mandalorian. Like the primary reason. She likes the story and obviously Mandalorian and the characters. But if there's no Grogu, she ain't watching. (laughs) Uh, Possibly the most um, beloved character in all of Star Wars. Yeah, potentially. Like universally. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's. Like you said, he's 15, can't talk. It's like, hmm, what? Um, <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, species is this? But at the same time, he's like, he's awesome. He's funny. Um, and uh, you want to know more. And you don't want anything bad to happen to him. Mm-hmm. So um, quite beloved character. Right. Yep. All right, let me see. I think that's my last one of the honorable mentions. Oh, one more. Um, so I don't remember seeing the episode four trailer, the first Star Wars movie. I kind of remember seeing episode five trailer, but the first trailer I remember seeing like, and being amazed was the episode six return of the Jedi trailer. And I, some of the visuals that stood out is Luke and Leia riding the speeder bikes on, and on Endor and then Luke igniting his green lightsaber to chop off, you know, to, to fend off one of the, the scout troopers with, you know, as he's the scout troopers firing laser blasts and Luke's deflecting him. I, I saw that and I was just like, Whoa, Star Wars is back. You know, I was just amazed yeah. like as a 11 year old kid or however old I was. So there was that. And then the next, the episode two teaser trailer with the, the, the Vader breathing and it kind of flashes through sequences of the, of the film. 
So there's no, you don't really see a storyline. You just see images of Vader breeze in and out. And I was like, oh crap, this is going to be awesome. Attack of the Clones, here we go. <laughs> so I was excited for that one. And then episode seven trailer, uh, we saw that at Celebration, what was it? 2015 in Anaheim, me and my family, uh, with you know the stars on stage. And it was just, it was awesome. <laughs> saw that for the first time. The Falcon. Mm-hmm. Chewy, we're home. Oh. Ray, Finn. Yeah. You're just like, holy cow, this is going to be so sweet. And everybody's just going crazy in that auditorium there. Do you remember seeing any of those? Well, one more. We'll talk about the next trailer next after. But do you remember seeing any of those trailers and kind of your emotions and reactions towards them? Um, all of them, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, Star Wars has always had great trailers in that they get you excited but they don't reveal so much that you're like well don't need to see the movie now all the <laughs> yeah. funny parts were just here and then you know there's too many yeah. trailer yeah. um there's glimpses of things mm-hmm. and you're just like what um yeah. or you're like wait what was that like or who was that or what's going on there's not enough to know you're just super intrigued and like well now i have to see this movie um even if I wasn't a Star Wars fan, I'd want to see this because <laughs> yeah. this was like this was a whole bunch of like what Ooh. you know, cool scenes and sequences, and and then just uh, just enough to want you, to, you know, to, to get you to want to see more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's I don't know that it's a lost art because they can continue to do it, but um, so many trailers just kind of suck. They tell you yeah. they tell you the whole story in the trailer, yeah, um, and there's even a voiceover that's like telling you the whole story, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like. I don't want that. I want to hear the sweet music or the sound effects or, or just to see scenes. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, just with Vader breathing and then a bunch of glimpses, you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't, I mean, other than probably the, um, the one we saw at celebration 2019. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. We will saw episode nine trailer rise of Skywalker Yeah, for the, you know, for the first time. And that auditorium was going crazy, right? Well, the silence at the end of it, right? Yeah. yeah. When when um, we hear Palpatine's voice, and then just the silence. There's four thousand people in there, and it's <laughs> yeah. dead silent for like a split second. Yeah. And then and it goes we, nuts. Yeah. And then he comes. Uh, Ian McDermott comes out, right? Oh. Roll it again. Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, the, the energy there. It was just like. I have to wait how long to see this movie now? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can we just watch it? We'll just stay here, right here in these uncomfortable seats and watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Very, very awesome. And I did record that, uh, and it is on our YouTube channel. So if you want to watch Ian McDiarmid say, roll it again, um, it's there. <laughs> it's there somewhere. Probably. I've watched it more than once. Probably the 2019 Celebration Chicago playlist. But yeah, check that out if you haven't seen it. It's pretty sweet. All right. So that's the last one of my honorable mentions. Uh, So let's start with number five for you, Harry. What do you got at number five? Uh, My number five is Luke at the Sarlacc Pit. Mm. Um, Like, it seems like at this point, that they're in desperate dire straits and they're all going to die. Yeah. Right. They're all tied up. They're about to get tossed <laughs> into the Sarlacc pit to get digested for a thousand years. Jabba holds all the cards. Um, and, um, as a kid watching that, and, and some of this is nostalgia, but some of it's still like, every time I watch it, it's still sweet. Um, is 
everything's unexpected. You're like, okay, so he doesn't have his lightsaber. He hasn't had his lightsaber yeah. this whole time. Yeah, where is it? Um, like, where is his lightsaber? What is going on? Why is he wearing black? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, and then he just, he does the little salute and you're like, okay. He's like totally good with dying at this point. I'm like, yeah. what? And then he catches, you know, and I just, I can, every time I watch it, my eyes get big, right? He catches the, the, the um, the plank there right the mm-hmm. walk the plank he catches the plank flips up into the air you see like his lightsaber pop out of you know just show a little bit in r2's head and that comes flying out and you're just like holy smokes he knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing and then yeah. he just goes to town and just starts killing people left right and center yeah um on one skiff on the second skiff jumps on the barge and just starts just slaying them mm-hmm. and then you know all the rest of that that fun super fun action-packed scene um, where the three are back together and they have their new best friend Lando with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. Still to this day, I was just like the first real vision of a Jedi, right? Yeah. Um, cause we see a few of the powers that Obi-Wan had in episode four and then Luke's not much of a Jedi in episode five and he comes out worse for wear in his fight with Vader. But now he's like, Oh my gosh, look at him. Yeah, he's, he's in full force. He's fighting. Yeah. And I was just like, as a kid, I was blown away. And still, it's like, there it is. Luke is a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty amazing for sure. It's fun to watch. And he, he ignites the green saber. And you're like, whoa, it's a new one. Yes. <laughs> There's a yeah. green lightsaber. What? There's a green lightsaber. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. um, it was on TV at work uh, last week. And of course, I just stopped in my tracks and watched the whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always see it at the gym on TNT. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm watching that. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Uh, What's your number my, five? My number five is, again, episode nine, <clears throat> Ray versus Kylo Ren on the the Death Star. I think it's the trench, right? The the remains of the Death Star mm-hmm. that in the ocean there. Um, right. Pretty cool visuals. The The water... The destroyed Death Star, they're going at each other. And this, I remember thinking, as it was kind of slowly progressed, it started to get more intense, more like desperate, more brutal in a sense, um, like the way they were fighting. And I got, I just got this thought like halfway through, I was like, oh my gosh, this is serious. They're going to kill each other. Like, because before, you know, they weren't going to kill each other in episode seven. Because right. this is the first movie of three, they're not right. gonna die. Uh, maybe get someone's, maybe someone gets maimed or whatever, but they're not gonna die. Episode right. eight, they're fighting together, and then episode nine, I'm like, someone's gonna die. This is intense. Like I just got that feeling, and then um, Ben's gonna kill Ray, and then all of a sudden, he gets distracted by <clears throat> by Leia dying, and Ray's able to kill him. Right, and just like when it happened, I was just like, whoa, they did it. <laughs> I can't believe they did it. It was intense. And um so I was just I was just that was the pinnacle for me of that movie. This how intense it was. Yeah, incredibly visual, like yeah. you said. Just the the crashing waves, the danger, yeah. the slippery metal that's you know, you know it's like all slimy from sea growth and <laughs> yeah. they could go down or fall into the ocean. It's extremely dangerous. But I remember thinking the whole time 
she's just had this like vision of her as as dark mm. ray yeah um and she's given into her anger here this is really dangerous for her mm-hmm. and like she's gonna strike him down and become him yeah i was like what and then when she does it's like oh man and i was like you it's like they did it holy holy smokes they did it yeah i kind of wish they would have like she would have gone down the dark side a little bit um i think that would be that would be a cool thing to explore it's like Mm -hmm. now we got to redeem ray or you know defeat ray who was the champion that would have been cool but didn't happen but still super intense uh I was definitely uh, entertained and amazed by what happened there. That, that fight, one of the best duels. Well, and, and you never once felt like it was a movie and a special effects. Mm-hmm. Like every splash of water, every crashing wave, you're just like, how on earth did they film this without killing these two people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It just, it was immersive. I was in it and, and we were on, um, you know, the moon of Endor or on Endor or wherever it was, you know, this crashed Death Star and, and in this ocean. And it was like, you were right there. Um, it was, yeah, intense, incredible. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's my number five. What's your number four, Harry? What do you got? Number four comes from an animated series um, from Rebels. It's going to be mm-hmm. Kanan's death. Oh, yeah. um, I watched Rebels pretty straight through. There's like no real breaks. I was pretty consistent watching an episode a day. Um, and, um, did not expect that at all. I, um, really come to like the show and to like the cast and, and all of them. And, uh, Kanan was probably my favorite character out of it. This, um, Jedi in hiding who's, who's coming back to, to his power and realizes he has a place in the galaxy and he's just getting cooler and cooler. And then boom, he sacrifices mm-hmm. himself to save the rest. And, I remember sitting at the end of it just like in shock and I sat there for a while just thinking about it and I was like I didn't want to wa- finish watching the show. And and then I was like well this was an animated show and I was like <laughs> well this is how good the animated show is going to be. You don't even and, think they you know there's no distinction between the movie and the animation it's just no. a story that you're watching. Yes. It's so it's yep. so good. It, it, it right it's just it's so good and and like it was so unexpected it was such a gut punch. Um, yeah, and, and it was, it was a couple of weeks before I watched the next episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, because I was just like, I can't, I can't even deal with this. I haven't watched that any of the rebels again, because if I watch it from the beginning, there's pain. <laughs> and if I watch yeah. it at the end, and it dies again. And it's just like, I don't even want to watch it again. It's just like, <sighs> and, yeah. um, very emotional, incredibly for sure. powerful, emotional yeah. moment. Um, well, not only, you know, what, how he dies and kind of how he pushes him away and stuff, but uh, the character Ezra, Hera, the crews, their reaction to what happens mm-hmm. is pretty, is really good as well. It kind of sells, not really sells it, but, you know, is the the end of it. If you had people who are just like, yeah, that sucks, and they just kind of went on their way, you'd be like, right. it'd be a disconnect, but it's so well done through from beginning to end, that whole sequence is, it's so powerful. And there was that intense sadness where, like, mm-hmm. Hera loses him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, they were soulmates, basically. And mm-hmm. due to their dedication to the cause, they really couldn't be together, you know, the way they wanted to be. They couldn't just run off and, and live happily ever after. They were too dedicated to 
continuing the fight with the empire until the bitter end. And here it is. And you're just like, Oh, poor Hera. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, when you see the last episode, then you're just like, Oh my (laughs) gosh, did you guys really do that? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, great writing. And just, uh, they did, they, they all sold it. Right. Um, I can't imagine being a voice actor and even filming that just like trying to emote that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, the sadness where, you know, one of your cast members isn't going to be participating anymore. Yeah, definitely a holy shiz moment. So, all right. My number four is we talked about trailers just a minute ago. And if you were paying attention, you noticed I didn't mention episode one trailer. (laughs) (laughs) That's because that's my number four. (laughs) Um, you know, it was the hype of Star Wars, 1999, right? Spring, winter, spring, 1999. I think the trailer came out uh, November 98, I want to say, fall of 98. And um, I saw it online. I think it was Entertainment Tonight, one of those type of shows. And I was, they had been promoting it, like, we're going to show the trailer today. And I was like, okay, I'm stick, I'm sticking around for this. Yeah. I was in I was in school. I, I don't know if you were living with us at the time. It was we were in that apartment. I don't know if you were there if you had left already. No, because I got married at the end of ninety seven. Oh yeah, so you were gone. So yeah, I was gone. Okay, so it was in that apartment, and I was like, okay, it's today, <laughs> you know, because back then there wasn't the internet to like to download it and what. Oh, I guess we did have the internet, and I did try to download it, but it took forever. Well, so, right, it was so basic you couldn't find yeah. stuff, or it yeah. took hours to download. Yeah, but I did see it on that that program, and I just remember sitting there watching it and just chills up and down. The Padre scene, Darth Maul, everything. Yes. You're just like, holy cow, Star Wars is back. I'm so excited. And I was just jaw dropped, mouth open. And, and it was I was by myself, so that was kind of cool because I didn't have anybody else to be like, well, what's that? Who's that guy, you know? Uh, you like Which Star you Wars, what? In that apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just was there by myself to sit there and enjoy, just bask in it. And I was just, I was so excited and so happy to see that. And I was pumped for Star Wars to be back again. Uh, and in that trailer, it's kind of a part two, 4.2 um, on the list is Darth Maul's double lightsaber reveal. You know, we saw that and it was like, oh, that was a part of that added to that trailer of the excitement of the trailer. Like, oh my gosh, a double bladed lightsaber? No way. <laughs> and it's a Sith lightsaber? No way. You know, it just amped everything up. And that was, it was so exciting. And I was definitely sold on, at that point. So that was my number four, or yes, number four. So. Uh, what about for you? Do you remember seeing the trailer, episode one trailer for the first time? Oh, I, 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 I do. Um, and I was the same way. I don't think I've ever been more excited for a movie um, than watching that trailer because like, right. like you said, you know, Star Wars is back. You know, we had lived through the dark years with no expectation of ever seeing anything else. There was all those rumors, which how did we even have rumors back then? There was no <laughs> internet. There was no forums. I remember from an early age hearing that Lucas had um, designed it as a nine-part mm-hmm. you know, movie, and there was three separate trilogies, and that he was going to continue making the others. And then there's just you know a decade goes by, and there's nothing. Um, and then he just re-releases, you know, does the special editions. I'm like, well, that's not new movies. Like, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, um, we should have seen it coming. 
Yeah, I mean, just tuning up the technology, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, at the time, it didn't make any sense, though. But and it was kind of hopelessness, um, mm -hmm. and and then to see it and like just all of it, the pod racing scene, you're like, oh my gosh, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, the double lightsaber, you're like, this dude is going to kick some serious butt. Jedi are in trouble, mm -hmm. um, and it's just like. I can't not wait until this movie comes out. Yeah. And no, I tried downloading it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually had a friend who had a cable modem download it for me oh, nice. and burn it onto a CD so that I okay. had it. <laughs> there you go. Well, they showed it in theaters shortly thereafter. And I remember it showed in front of Meet Joel Black. <laughs> I was like, hey, honey, do you want to go see Meet Joel Black? <laughs> She's like, what? Okay. Brad Pitt, sure. <laughs> and I went to see that because of the trailer. <laughs> and I made sure there we were there early. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. And then, uh, yeah, and seeing it on the big screen was even better. Oh, so. yeah. Okay. I don't I don't remember seeing it on the big screen. I, I don't know. I did not see Meet Joe Black in the theater. So <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't remember if I did because um, I watched it so many times on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, out of all the trailers, uh, that was the most exciting moment. I think episode yeah. seven was probably the next and episode two. Um, uh, well, episode nine was episode seven and nine were different. Cause you're like with hundreds and hundreds of star Wars fans and sure. the actors are on the stage and like, Whoa, yes. this is, this is <laughs> star Wars heaven. Insanity, right? Yeah. Star Wars heaven. Yeah. So it's hard to say, but I think just cause, you know, like you said, it had been, so long since the previous new Star Wars to see that trailer with new Star Wars is just amazing. So anyway, so that's my number four. Uh, number three, what do you got? I got number three here. I'm just making sure I'm not stepping on your number three. Um, but my number three is Vader to Luke. Okay. I am your father. Um, still, um, I don't, to this day, it's one of the most insane reveals ever. It doesn't matter how many times I see all nine movies when I watch it. It's just like, no way. Vader's his father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, just like changed everything that I thought about where the movies were going to go. Um, you know, just a young kid, but it, you know, it's like, no way. How's this bad guy? His father. Yeah. Isn't he like half robot? Like what's going on here? Yeah, um, it didn't, didn't make sense. No. Um, and then of course, Luke's like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I just, that moment leads into, you know, Luke going down the, 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 you know, the vent shaft there and, um, and just the utter hopelessness, like there's no way that they're going to pull this off. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's half dead Hans and carbonite. Um, Lando's flying with them. Can we even trust Lando? <laughs> yeah. Um, we just met gonna, him. <laughs> right. Or is he going to kill them all in their sleep and steal back the ship that he claims is his? Yeah. Um, I was just like, I think that led to like some intense sadness and waiting for the, you know, for a couple of years until Jedi comes out. And mm -hmm. um, so it was, it just, it was very emotional at the time. And because of that, that sense memory, it just, it's, I think will always be emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's my number three as well. Um, a lot of people would say that's heresy, that it should be number one, right? <laughs> uh, and we did talk about that prior to recording. Um, 
And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the consensus we came to was uh, part of it is, yes, it is super intense, potentially number one, change the game. You know, history of it all is amazing. Uh, all sequels try to have that type of reveal at some point. J.J. Uh, Abrams, I would say, he does the mystery box thing where he, where he doesn't want to reveal anything, and it's partly because of that, that scene. So there's the history behind this Vader reveal. And However, at the same time, if you were to sit there and watch watch it today, like if you had never seen Star Wars, you watch it, and um, you watched one through nine in order, it wouldn't have the same impact, right? You're just like, well, yeah, he's that's that's Anakin because we saw it at the end of episode three, right? He got the suit on, and I, we, his wife had the babies, Luke and Leia. So yeah, of course. So it only in, and that's where I, I think that's where I'm coming at it from is modern day, and part of it is we've grown up with that, so it's it's kind of commonplace. There's jokes, there's memes, there's parodies about it. Mm-hmm. So the the gravitas of it. If I were to take that into a, into effect, it wouldn't even be in the top five because it's it's so well known and so played out that okay. Um, but if you take it from Luke's perspective, uh, it's pretty intense. He didn't know. <laughs> the audience knew. Everyone right. else knew, but he didn't yeah. know. And so I, th- no. I think that's where I'm coming from with you know as far as the whole story, beginning to end, in in universe. Um, I think that's why it's number number three for me instead of like one or two. Same for me. Um, because when you've seen all the rest, there's some other moments. Like you said, if you watch them in order, it doesn't have the same impact as it did when it was the second movie. And we knew nothing about Anakin's past, Invader's past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like our kids who, who've seen them in a different order, um, they're not going to hold that as number one. Um the generation after ours won't. It's still impactful, emotional, intense, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't. It's it's not number one for a lot of people. I think for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that was my number three. Uh, what about your number two? My number two is going to be um, Han's death. <gasps> Mine too. <laughs> We're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Han Solo was my favorite character growing up. Absolute mm-hmm. favorite character. I wanted a Millennium Falcon. I wanted a Wookiee buddy. I wanted to be my own boss, fly around, do my own thing, maybe smuggle a little bit, sort of good, <laughs> sort of bad. Yeah. Um, he was cool. He had kind of cool clothes. I loved his hip holster yeah. um, or his thigh holster. Um, I still wear one at work um, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and always will because it's like because I'm Part Han every time I, I get ready for work. Yeah. Um, he's always been my, my favorite character. And um, and then, of course, Han is also Indiana Jones, right? In a different timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so two of my favorite characters. Carbonite Dreams. And, yeah. And it's like that moment, um, I didn't want to watch the rest of the movie. Like in that moment, I kind of wanted it just to end, and I wanted to go mourn Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of, I was depressed. I was like, yes, I didn't hate it because the how he got out onto the scaffolding, he was there to redeem his son, right? And you can't fault yes. him for that. No, no, 
and that is so emotional in and of itself. If he hadn't have died, you're still like, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy, right? You know, and then the result of that, you're just like, it's like it was a downer, but yet at the same time, I'm like, oh, what now? <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I was like, he was like, do we, do I even want to stay? Well, I guess it's almost over. I guess I better stay. <laughs> right. Um, it made me hate Kylo Ren so much, yeah. which I mean, as a good villain, you want to hate him, right? Yeah. And in that moment I did, I hated him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you just killed your father who was only trying to redeem you. Um, and then Chewbacca's howl. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I, I was like, I'm there for you, buddy. I, th- that's the way I feel right there. And I haven't even had a lifetime of adventures with him. Um, I mean, kind of had, right. Cause I, <laughs> For, yeah. you know we grew up with Han him and yeah I grew up with him for decades and I was just I just wanted to go home and be sad um and then you know over all this time and we talk about it and we realize things and and um even like knowing the possibilities that right that that Kylo didn't turn the lightsaber on that it was Han that did um to redeem his son and it doesn't make it less emotional it like makes it harder it's like he knew exactly what he was doing. He walked out on that scaffolding, going to his death, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And then when you rewatch it, you see, you pay attention to the details, right? And you see, kind of, he has this when he sees him out there. He he gets this look on his face, and you know, he's going out there. He knows he's going to die, and yeah. he accepts it. And he's like, "I don't care. This is my son." Right. Um. And it's just like, it makes you love the character even more, but at the same time, you're still sad because he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then you realize he had that conversation with Leia and this is something they've talked about in the past. It's mm-hmm. barely hinted at in this little short conversation they have, you know, and she's mm-hmm. like, bring him home. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's my number two moment. There's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to bring this up with my number five with Ray versus Kylo. Because after that, uh, Han comes back as a, I'm assuming a force ghost, mm-hmm. or I don't even know. It's a, it's some. I mean, it's just a, a thought that Kylo has, where they replay that conversation, right? Um, right. That happened, and I think you have to tack that on to Han's death because it's sure just kind of a mirror, a positive uh, conversation as opposed to the negative. I don't, I think if we hadn't got this positive interaction between those two and just would have had the negative, it would have been a difficult death, but that kind of redeems the death. You're like, Oh, he's still, you know, Kylo realizes he did something dumb and, Mm -hmm. um, they're able to reconcile in some way. So that it's just as emotional, but, um, and, and he does redeem him, right? At the end, he does redeem him. I think that's part of the redemption of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, where um, in that, that moment, you know, realizing the love of his father for him, you know, and his willingness to sacrifice himself to save his son um, leads later on to, to Kylo coming back to the light mm-hmm. and, and being a part of defeating Palpatine. Because without him, Ray couldn't have done it. Um, and kind of like extends the sadness, right? Cause you're like, well, geez, he died to save Kylo and now Kylo's dead anyways. And you're just like, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, coming in the episode. Can I be happy for a second? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
But coming into episode nine, I was like, how are they going to redeem? Either Kylo is just more evil because he, you know, he attempted, he was going to kill his mom, right? In episode eight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then backed <laughs> off at the last second. Right. But he's still kind of responsible because his wingmen did it and his wingmen were following him. Right. But, uh, so like, is he going to get more evil? Is he going to become the emperor type or, you know, how are they going to redeem him? And this is like the only way that I would believe that he mm-hmm. has been redeemed is what happened, how it played out at the end of episode nine, where he reconciles with his dad and then he goes and helps defeat the emperor and then he dies. He has to die at the end, right? in my opinion. Because how would it, you know, all of a sudden, if he had lived, Ray and Kylo come walking out. He's like, don't worry, he's a good guy now. Right. He, he changed his mind, you know. He, he hasn't <laughs> murdered thousands of people and yeah. caused uh, untold harm across the galaxy. Yeah, the other characters aren't going to buy that. The galaxy no. isn't going to buy that. So it no. just, and it would seem kind of forced. So like, like yeah. Vader... Anakin, you know, he has to die at the end. So, but I'm glad it it turned out that way. Um, all right, last one, number one of your top five. Who do you got? Um, it's going to be Ahsoka at the 332nd Graves at the wreck site there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it is, that moment is a culmination, of course, of the, the entire last arc of the clone wars and that episode in particular, just there's, there's no dialogue at times, right? There's just foreboding music. They're traveling Mm -hmm. through hyperspace and, and, um, everything that's happened. Order 66 is in full swing. And then, you know, they get to the crash sites and then she's standing at all these graves, these helmets on sticks. And you're just like, the dream of the Republic was incredible. And here we are in its ashes mm-hmm. and um, probably the most emotional I've ever been in an animated series. And <laughs> that it was like, it, yeah. because the clone wars had gotten better and better throughout the seven seasons, but that last arc was so oh, incredible. It's top tier. Yeah. I was blown away by the writing, by the music, by the editing, the just everything. And, um, just an incredibly emotional moment and, um, just like, I don't know, a lingering sadness for what could have been and, uh, just a hatred towards Palpatine for ruining like so much that was good. And the Mm -hmm. clones were good, right? These were awesome people and he ruined them and they were all Ahsoka's friends and now they're all on the grounds Mm -hmm. and, you know, it just, wow, still. Mm-hmm. And then you got Vader showing up after that, kind of standing right. in the same spot. Yeah, I, I wondered, you know, what what are his feelings? What are he? What is he thinking as he's standing there? Is he sad that you know? Because I think at that point, at that moment, he thinks Rex is there somewhere, mm-hmm. or at least right. the the data logs or whatever would show that he was on that ship. Probably Ahsoka too. So is he thinking Ahsoka's there in the ground somewhere? Rex is there. These are my friends. You know, is he sad about that? Or is he like, right. good, good. I don't have to deal with those guys anymore. You know, I, I wish we would have had got it, um, some in, inkling of, you know, is he like, maybe like even his breathing, he's like stutters a little bit. She's like, oh, he's emotional yeah. about it. Or, you know, just yeah. something like that. It doesn't have to be dialogue or, 
maybe just a look, but you don't get a look with his mask on, you know, something that would have been cool to know. What is he thinking? Is he happy? Right. Is he devastated? I mean, I could see that scene drawn out with some like flashbacks, right? Kind of mm-hmm. in the backgrounds and you just hear faint voices. Yeah. Um, He's remembering the good times. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. And like joking, you know, like sharing a joke with Rex, you know, and or the first time he meets Ahsoka or um, some moment he was, you know, exceptionally proud of her for something she had done as a Jedi. All of those happy moments, like just pouring out and and what they were doing to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. That would have been, it would have made it even more intense. And geez. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, that that's the culmination of the whole arc there at the end with Maul versus Ahsoka, and that uh, just I remember watching that with my son for the first time, and we were just we were pumped for that. We hadn't been that excited since a movie like mm-hmm. Episode Seven, I think, or maybe Nine. Just it was it's so good. That's a movie in and of itself, right? Um, yeah, it's every bit as good as any of the other nine movies, eleven movies. Every bit is good, mm-hmm. and that four arc those those four episodes together into that one arc it's every bit as good as any movie yeah so good yeah and that i think that's what separates the top my top five from the others is just do i get chills while watching that scene or that moment or is there an intense emotion like i didn't get chills when han died but i was like depressed (laughs) there was some definite sadness like it surprised me because i was like you know this is a character a movie character is fake (laughs) but i was in i was bought in you know so i think uh it's just the level of intensity and emotion separates the top five and there's some of that in the other ones but um, i think the top five are definitely that way Mm-hmm. So, and I, I agree. Uh, that was on my list um, as well, but I let you take that one so like you could uh, talk about it since um, it is such a good moment. Um, my top one is Luke blows up the Death Star. Um, I, I We talked about how the Vader reveal, you know, it's been... It's 40 years old and we've all known known about it and all that stuff. And they're like, well, hey, Luke blows up the Death Star. That was even further back than Vader's real. Why do you pick that one? Well, it's because in universe, <clears throat> if you're watching the movies in chronological order, you wouldn't know that he was going to blow up the Death Star until it happened. And um, it's such a hero moment, such a, you know, he believes in himself finally. He knows he's a good pilot. <clears throat> But he's just being introduced to the Force, and he's trying to figure that out. Obi-Wan's there, tells him to use the Force, and he trusts in the Force. That's the biggest step he takes in this movie, is trusting in the Force when everything's on the line, his friends, the galaxy, everything, right? And he does it. Uh, All these others failed that with more experienced pilots and better warriors and all that stuff. But he, he steps in as a rookie pilot and saves the day. And every time I watch it, I get chills. I've seen it... I don't know, 50 times. <laughs> At least. <laughs> every time. You see there, like, it depends on how invo- invested I'm in, you know, in sitting down and watching it. But even if I'm just like, oh, I like this part, <laughs> and I sit down and watch it, I still get chills. It, and it's just, it's a, it's a seminal moment in Star Wars. Like, if, um, mm-hmm. if I hadn't reacted the way I did and still do, I probably wouldn't be a Star Wars fan. Or as big a one, at least. So, Oh, for it's sure. Just, it's so... Is it's amazing. It's the most, it's the holy shiz moment in Star Wars for me. 
Yeah. It's that moment. It's desperate, right? He's the only pilot left. Yeah. Everybody else. Biggs is dead. Wedge left. All the group leaders are gone. Um, There's only four, four pilots or no, three pilots that came back. Three pilots make it out. Luke, Wedge, and and, uh, one gold squadron Y-wing. Yep. And then Han. And Han, right? Um, The the Empire, without even trying really, right? They could have put out hundreds of TIE fighters. They so didn't care. They just put out a couple. (laughs) And it was more than enough. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the first time you watch it, you're like, well, that was nice knowing the rebellion. (laughs) Um, Because they're about to die. I mean, because in the moment it happens, right? That guy's pushing the lever forward on the the turbo laser, the super laser. It's about to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the editing and the buildup, you know, all yeah. the, all the technical stuff that yeah. aren't story related necessarily, uh, just amps that whole, the pressure up and the intensity up for the whole scene. And I think it starts, I think it starts with Han Solo in the Falcon coming from the, from above through in the sun and just blasts the, the TIE fighters and Vader goes, that, that's when it starts. Cause when that happens, you're like, <gasps> you know, and then it, he just, Pushes the button, the torpedo blow, you know, and then you get the chills. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. Just that, Um, that's when it starts. But yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's just, that's it, right? It's Mm -hmm. just that whole, well, the whole sequence from from the time they are looking at the plans to the end is is pretty cool. But then when he blows it up, you're just like, fist bump. Yeah. yeah. He did it. Yeah. So we've talked about 20 or so moments and both uh, talked about our top five. Uh, and there's a lot of moments in Star Wars, right? There was, as we were talking, I was like, oh yeah, Han and Carbonite, when he, you know, kind of, they throw the slab down on the ground you see him for the first time. You're like, whoa, you know, that's a holy shiz moment. And mm-hmm. you see the clone troopers for the first time. You're like, whoa, there's a <laughs> thousands of millions of, you know, yeah. so there's tons of moments like the pod race, right? It's, that's, that's a crazy scene sequence. Uh, there's just a ton of them, but these are our top five, top 10 um, top 20. So what are your guys' top holy shiz moments in Star Wars? What are your favorite moments? Let us know in the comments and uh, we'll, we'll comment on what you say. We probably agree with them. I mean, there's not a, not very many bad moments in Star Wars. So, right. you know, definitely subjective list. Uh, any final thoughts, Harry, or any other comments on what we've been talking about so far? I mean, that's why I keep coming back to Star Wars is it's not just these 20 that we can pick out. There's just, there's something in, in every episode of every TV show of every animated series of every movie. Um, and each of those moments you can sit down and pick apart and talk about for an hour or more each and like ideas and hopes and dreams. And it's just, it's the Star Wars universe. And these moments are just like, wow. And, um, or incredibly sad, but it's just, it's this mm-hmm. vibrant living universe, this galaxy that we love so much. And mm-hmm. it's just brought me a lot of joy over the years and I won't stop talking about it. <laughs> yep. And we're going to have more Star Wars episodes coming up. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I thought it was interesting. I just was thinking, you know, we're from the original trilogy generation. We saw those in theaters and grew up with Star Wars. Um, but yet we have definitely have some some trilogy moments, original trilogy moments in our top five, but the list includes the prequels, episodes one, three, um, 
than the original trilogy, four, five, six, uh, Solo, Rogue One, um, the prequel or the sequels, even episode eight, you talked about a good scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some episode, uh, episode seven. nine and there's some episode seven stuff. So Star Wars and then the animated show. I mean, I would argue that we've talked about the last four episode arc of season seven of the Clone Wars. That's better than probably half the movies. <laughs> For sure. Uh, is, yeah. So the animated stuff is just as important, just as pertinent, just yeah. as awesome as the movies. So if you haven't watched the animated series, you got to check it out because you're missing out big time. The first season of the Clone Wars is rough. <laughs> There's some good stories, but the animation's rough. Uh, it picks up probably halfway through season two where it just it finds its stride in season two and it's just amazing after that. And then Rebels was good from the get-go. Than the Bad Batch, but um, so yeah, definitely make sure you're checking out those animated shows if you yeah. haven't already. But so Star Wars is great. I mean, if you if you decide to hate on Star Wars and be like, oh, I don't like Episode Eight, and just write off all of Episode Eight, you're gonna miss some good stuff. Because in each movie, like you said, Harry, there's good stuff in every episode, every movie, what have you. So give it a chance if you haven't rewatch a, a movie you haven't seen in a while. And like I said, let us know some of your favorite moments and uh, definitely subscribe to the channel. I'm going to keep harping on that. Uh, We need more subscribers, more people engaging with us, and we hope to hear from you guys. Uh, But uh, subscribe, let us know what you think, and we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this episode of the Credible Nerds podcast, uh, our Star Wars Holy Shiz moments. And we want to thank you guys once again, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.